And our verse today is Psalms 112, 7 and 8. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid when he looks in triumph at his adversaries. Does anyone have a verse, a version of that that they wrote differently, that they like a different version of that? He will not fear evil tidings. Okay. Not afraid of evil, not afraid of evil tidings. I like that. Mine says, though an army besieged me. Oh, I like that one a lot. My heart will not fear, though war breaks out against me. Even then, I will be confident. Are you in 112, or was that last week's? That was last week's. (laughs) But I like that one. That one is super good, too. No wonder it looked different. Well, and you know what? It's like I said to you. I think I pick verses that the Lord is talking to me about. You know, then I come and talk to you about. So did you, what was your version? Did you get one written down for this week, Pat? 112? Okay, this one says, okay. This is 112. Yeah, okay, this is really. They will have no fear of bad news. (coughs) Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will will look in triumph on their foes. Love it. Anyone have anything else on those? (coughs) So observations, any words or phrases that stood out to you? I wrote mine down. I didn't know if anybody came up with anything else. I love triumph. You like triumph? And you had trust? Say it again. Trust equals faith. Okay. Let me take my squiggly line away. So trust equals faith. And you said triumph? Yes. Anything else? Words? Do not, I guess. <laughs> fear not. It doesn't say fear not, but do not fear. So fear not. That wind always sounds so spooky. <laughs> but we're not afraid. We are not. How about application? How would you apply those? Oh, I like it. <coughs> Overcome <coughs> fear by hearing the word. I need a great big whiteboard. A big, big whiteboard. Well, we could have bought a bigger one, but this is the one Kim chose. Uh, it's... I like it. I like it. I just Maybe find we it. need two. Or three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I love that. I love my overhead. No. No, no. No, no. It's the easiest thing to write on them. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. It is. Anything else anyone wants to say about those verses? Just kind of a, I always think of this part as kind of a quick glance over it before you start digging into it.
God will give us peace and protect us. So peace and protection. And protection. Okay. Anything else? I don't have any room to write anything else, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> So I wrote down, I said, well, we just need an objective for this lesson. That's all good and fine and everything. Yeah, I like that, you know, that I'm not going to be afraid when bad news comes. But raise your hand if you've gotten afraid when bad news comes. <laughs> Me? <laughs> you know, trusting the Lord and my heart will be steady. Oh, you know, I've had those little mini strokes inside my heart because I've been so afraid of something, you know. Um, looking triumphantly at my enemies. I try not to make eye contact sometime. Not looking. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> so this is awesome, and this is where I want to be. But I think the real question comes with, how does my heart stay firm and steady? And how do I may remain unafraid when I hear bad news? And how do I look at my enemies triumphantly and remain unafraid? So that's where I want to be. Here's where I want to be. Here's I think I had, if I had these answers, I'd know how to get there. So I'm going to start with some things that I noticed. And I want you to interrupt me. Jump in. Don't let me be the only one talking. Also, I'll have to do one of those. Everybody stand up. Put your hands up. Find a friend. So jump in and tell me what you're thinking as well. So that I don't have to do all the talking. Um, so I, I like these kind of old-timey guys, like Spurgeon. So I went to Spurgeon, and I thought, what does he say about this? So in verse 7, he says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. He shall have no dread that evil tidings will come, and he shall not be alarmed when they do come. Rumors and reports he despises, prophecies of evil, vented by fanatical mouths he ridicules, Actual and verified information of loss and distress, he bears with equanimity, which I had to look that word up and make sure I knew what it meant. It means, means mental calmness. Resigning everything into the hands of God. See, now, whether it's true or not true, when I read that, I think of Jamie. Because I always hear her saying, you know, I just put it in God's hands. I just put it in God's hands. And... Not to share Jamie's whole story, but I think when you're in a place where you've had no control, that you learn this is the best thing to do is put everything in God's hands because I don't have control. So I'm always in awe of her when I hear her say that because I know her story is one that validates that. It's not like she's flippantly saying that. She's had to walk that. So... Um, he, he is neither fickle nor cowardly. When he is undecided as to his course, he, still, he is still fixed in heart. He may change his plans, but not the purpose of his soul. I loved that. You know, he may change his plans. I may change my plans, but not the purpose of my soul. God may change my path at some point, 
but the purpose of my soul will remain the same. Um, His heart being fixed in solid reliance upon God, a change in his circumstances, but slightly affects him. Where, you know, gosh, something changes in my day and I rattle, you know? Faith has made him firm and steadfast, and therefore, if the worst should come to the worst, he would remain quiet and patient, waiting for the salvation of God. I'm like, Spurgeon is like really good. That was only verse 7, okay? So here's what he says about verse 8, which is the one that says, His heart is steady. He will not be afraid when he looks in triumph at his adversaries. So Spurgeon says that this, his heart is established. His love to God is deep and true. His confidence in God is firm and unmoved. His courage has a firm foundation and is supported by omnipotence. He has become settled by experience and confirmed by years. And I'm looking at all of us, and we all fit into that category of confirmed by years. So we've had enough experiences with the Lord under our belts that we know that he can be trusted. He, he is not a rolling stone, but a pillar. Amen, that's what I want to be. I want to be a pillar, not a rolling stone. In the house of the Lord, he shall not be afraid. He is ready to face any adversary. A holy heart gives him a brave face until he sees his desire upon his enemies. All, all through the conflict, even till he seizes the victory, he is devoid of fear. I want to say I could be that. That's what I want to be. That's where I want the Lord to have me. But you know, the thing is, is that in order to get those places, you've got to have more experiences. And the more experience you have, the better you are when it comes. And I don't want to say, Lord, give me those experiences that build that, build that because I know those experiences are hard, but I know that they build those things in us. <coughs> So I think I don't want to know. You know, like, Lord, if it's coming, I don't want to know about it. Just let's walk through it together. When the battle wavers and the results seem doubtful, he nevertheless believes in God and is a stranger to dismay. Grace makes him desire his enemy's good. I liked this one, too. Grace makes him desire his enemy's good. Though nature leads him to wish to see justice, done to his cause he does not desire for those who injure him anything by way of private revenge that that's where our heart should be too you know that we don't desire to have injury on those you know it's not okay to call down those hell, hell fires and damnations and we we're not supposed to do that we're supposed to also pray for that enemy's soul and maybe that's why they look, he, this psalm says they can look triumphantly at them because he's praying for his soul as well. Anyway, I know that I could never say it as good as Spurgeon could say it. And that was him. So I went back to the beginning of Psalm 112 as I started to try to ask my questions. Anyone ready to jump in after Spurgeon? <laughs> 
He's like a kind of old timey. How old is he? Charles Spurgeon. Uh, yeah, he's like he's back. I want to say around the turn of the century. Would that be about right? I think so. Yeah, and he was just like a evangelist, theologian. Wrote he wrote a lot. I can. Yeah, that's my thoughts. But somebody else, if I'm wrong, look it up and let us know. Yeah, yeah. And some of those people, like the other one I really like to read is, um, I think I, took, I had his book in here, and I think I took it out. Um, I can't remember his name. Sometimes they're harder to wade through because the vocabulary is... It's a little bit not what you're used to. And so I remember reading through his stuff, having to look things up. And, but still, when you, when you read it, and so there, sometimes it would be like I can read a paragraph or two at a time, and you have to really read it to digest it. Anyway, I'll look up Spurgeon before we leave here today, and let's see what they say. So back at the beginning of Psalms 112, it says... Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. And so I know that um, that is a woman who is in right relationship with the Lord. That is a woman who worships the Lord. That's a woman who delights in the Lord, who seeks to obey the Lord. And so I ask myself, so Lord, is that how that woman can stand in the fear of everything, you know, and not be afraid. When, when bad news is coming, they're not afraid because this woman worships the Lord. She delights in the Lord. She seeks to obey the Lord. It's, it's funny because I, there was, when I was living in Spain, I was going to a little missionary Baptist church there. And I had, and, I mean, you all know, Gilbert hasn't gone to church with me very much. And so um, I had a man tell me at that time that, and he was one of the deacons in the church, and he told me that that was too bad Gilbert didn't go to church because the children will stay in church and, and be stronger Christians if their father attends. Now, why would, you, why would y'all tell me that? But um, <laughs> I know that, as women, that's probably one of the things we do fear is our loved ones, our families, our children. But if I go back into Psalms 112 and I look at the second verse, it says, his offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. And so now I know that man didn't know what he was talking about, you know, because um, I know that I, even back then when I was such a baby, baby Christian, I so wanted to do what the Lord wanted me to do. I tried so hard with my kids, and I know that God saw that and honored that. And that man didn't really know that my offspring would be mighty in the land. He didn't know that, that the generations after me of the upright will be blessed because I was going to be the upright. Um, I think another area where women maybe could get fear in their hearts could be with material things. You know, right now, um, we see prices soaring. What were we talking earlier about the gas prices? What did you say they were? It was like 5.34 a gallon. 
Five thirty four a gallon. In California. In California. Now we got a reason not to go to California. But it wasn't much better here. I saw four ninety nine at the Maverick station not too long ago for diesel. I'm gonna pay whatever the gas is. Go to San Diego to see that. Well, you're gonna have to. But you know, I mean, that's an area where you could get fearful. You know, when we look about at our world, um, we see prices soaring in everything. Wages decreasing. Wages decreasing. Prices are soaring. Nothing good is coming across any kind of internet or the news or anything. And um, one of my favorite verses is in Jeremiah. So I was going to take us there. And then I looked at the verses right above one of my favorite verses. So if you go to Jeremiah 17 and go first go to 5 and 6. If you've never read Jeremiah, it's a pretty good book. I like it. But I'm kind of an... Old Testament lover. I like those things in the Old Testament. So if you go to Jeremiah 17 and then 5 and 6. It says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert, he shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Now, you don't see much growing in a salt land, huh? I mean, I'm not that good of a gardener, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty quick on that, that not many things grow there. Um, so if I go back to Psalms 112 and I look at 10, it says, The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desires of the wicked will perish. And so I still haven't exactly answered my questions yet on how am I going to stay in that strong place. Um, but I'm seeing things that I won't be able to, if I go and trust man, put my trust in flesh, it's not going to save me. It's not going to, in bad times, it's not going to take me where I need to be in my heart. If I go on down to one of my favorite verses... It's in Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. This one says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not, for it does not cease to bear fruit. See, and I think we're really looking at a, some years of drought coming our way. And yet, we can hear what the news is saying. We can look at the online and see all the stuff that's happening over in Russia with the Ukraine. We can look at Putin over there doing his dance of, I'm going to scare you. But you know what? If our trust is in the Lord, that kind of news coming to us, Honestly, we can stand firm in it, knowing that he's not going to do to us anything. It's not going to pass by, by us before it passes in front of the throne of God. Um, so when I, when I read this verse, and this is why this reminds me, why I like this verse so much, it's about the roots going down in the stream. So when I lived in Phoenix, 
we had this huge saguaro cactus in our backyard. It was, I mean, it had to be old because it was huge. It was probably easily maybe, maybe to the bottom of this part right here. It's about how big that cactus was. Well, I watched it one monsoon season, and that thing just got blown over, blown over. Because the saguaro cactus, their roots go out like this, very surfacy, And they may have a lot of them, but their root doesn't go deep. And there is nothing that anchors them, nothing that secures them, nothing that's, um, you know, holding them into the ground and like, like my artichoke. Okay, so my artichoke is the opposite of that. I grew um, some artichoke plants up here. And, I mean, that thing gave me artichokes left and right. So then after the, the winter and everything, and it was dying off, and it didn't look good, and I thought, I'm just going to pull this thing up. It says it's a perennial, but, you know, sometimes things that are perennial in the valley are not perennial in the mountains. So I decided to pull that thing up. And I'm going to tell you, that root, that tap root on that plant was probably down in the ground at least two foot, at least. I mean, I had to get a shovel. I had to get Gilbert to help me stand. I mean, I could stand on it, and it wasn't going. I couldn't get that thing out of the ground. And it took both of us to get that plant out of the ground because that thing had a tap root that went down. And I should have left it. I mean, I bet you that thing would have lived. But I, you know, I already started hacking on it. And I'm sure that you guys have heard that kind of analogy about Christians and the, that whole root system. So I think that answers one of my questions. How does my heart stay stay firm and steady when that root of me is so deep into what my Lord says to me then when that storm comes like in Jeremiah I'm not going to blow over it's just not going to happen I'm not going to be afraid when I hear you know Putin over there dancing around and threatening I'm not going to be afraid Um, I'm not going to be afraid when the doctor says we need to do more tests I'm not going to be afraid when my son says we're going to get a divorce. I'm not going to be afraid. My heart's going to be firm and I'm going to trust the Lord in what he says, that the righteous will not be moved. When I look at the other one, how do I look at my enemies triumphantly and remain unafraid? And um, I, I think that comes back to looking at my enemy and realizing it's not the person that's my enemy. You know, it's whatever is in that person. It's not the person. We battle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities. And I have to look at that person like they need the Lord, and I can look triumphantly at them because, you know, I mean, the word says that the greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And that that is not going to hurt me. And yet what's in me can certainly change you. And so I think that's how I can look triumphant. Not triumphantly like, you know, hellfire is coming down soon, brimstone will be hitting you, Bubba. But triumphantly in that my God loves you, and I'm going to be an instrument of his peace. And I'm going to share this with you, and you're not going to hurt me, and I can't call you bad names. That was Susie of last year. That's not Susie of this year, because I am not afraid. And I, my heart is steady. So for me, that's kind of what I dug up. 
but you know how I like you guys to talk. So, um, Carol, I'm going to move you over that way, and then you guys can talk, and you guys can talk, and just what I want you to kind of talk about is, I want you to talk about with each other what you've come up with. What are some things that think you think can hold you firm, can make you be steady when things are scary around you? And you can have that heart that is firm and steady. So I'm going to give you three minutes and 22 seconds to discuss this. Get deep. <laughs> we'll see how you do at three and 22. <laughs> How can, you, how can your heart stay steady? What are some things that you think of? How can you not be afraid when the news comes and it's bad? First thing you have to do is turn it over to the Lord like you know, we do. Like we do. Because I say that to so many people, just turn it over to God. And, and then I realized, you know, I have to do that all the time too. And when you do, you're still concerned. And you're still, of course. But you have peace that... God's going to be with you. No matter what happens, God's going to be with you. Mine was the verse of fear not. You know, I mean, he's dealt with everything. And we always think, oh, you don't know how I feel. It's like some people have been through a heck of a lot more. You know, well, and it's not been worth... such a witness to me because those kinds of things I can be so afraid of. She had, if you don't know her story, she'll have to tell you. But it, she had just had a lot of medical stuff. And yeah. it can be scary. But I learned from I remember watching people in my life before that worrying got them nowhere, but, you know, down more in the hole. Yeah. And, and it wastes your time. And I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do that. And that fear, too. I mean, give mm-hmm. it up to the Lord and move on. Because a lot of times when we let it go, the Lord will show us something. All right, tell me what you girls came up well, with. We, we decided that having a group like this, and specifically this group here, is exceedingly helpful to, to just have these women to tell these to. Yeah, I, I spin. I'm, I get fearful. There's, there's a lot right now. And, um, I, I talked to my pastor out in California a long time ago. It's like, I know the end of the story. And the end of the story is good. But between here and the end of the story, it looks like it could be a little bit rough. And I'm fearful. I don't know how long that time is going to be. So now, it's definitely fearful. Are you afraid of death? I know. Sometimes are you just afraid of dying? Both. The process. The process. Yeah. More the process than anything. Exactly. Like my, my friend, um, she would tell me, because I don't like to fly, and she would tell me she doesn't like to go out on boats because she can't swim, but she's not afraid to fly. And I said to her, but you can fly? So you go on a plane? And I said, it's not, it's not so much, it's the from here to here that scares me. You know? We were painting rocks. I don't know. I, I am absolutely with you. I can spin. And I have to just, I have to do a lot of self-talk. So last week, was it last week we talked about paralyzing fear? Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything. And honestly, I have had some bad experiences riding. So when we brought this horse up, and I had to go and get on him, I was paralyzed with fear. 
and just waste um, some time on our energy. Yeah, got him out, and just like there's some awesome that, ladies yeah. at my barn who got me over the hump and up in the saddle. Yes, and away it went. It's so I was absolutely my brain paralyzed me. I know it's all I could see was me flying off. We were praying for you, and nothing happened. But I, I was like, oh, there it is. There's the fear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Nobody can. I can. I, I told my husband. I said, there's a lady that yes, I know. Yes, he was. And I said, I see myself like her. Like if you, if Gilbert was in here, Gilbert makes me so much braver than I really am. You know, because he pushes me to do things that I wouldn't do. I said, I. If you weren't here, I could see myself being someone who didn't come out of the house. I said, I get very Although it's funny the things you get afraid of. Like some people are afraid to talk in front of other people. I'm not. No, I'm neither. I'm, I'm not afraid to stand up in front of thousands. I'm more afraid of sharing where to say, let's go get coffee and talk. That would make me more afraid. <laughs> I was just about to tell you, if something happens to Gilbert, you're going to have to go to reshare. I know. And I bet that would terrify you. Probably. Because I don't, I don't worry. I have to say he's there. I got it. I got it. Yeah, it's because we learned it, you know. Yeah. And I think so. Mm-hmm. 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 When I moved in back with Dad, Dad says, okay, we're all going to eat dinner together. And we're all going to learn the Lord's Prayer and the Apostle Creed. And every night before dinner, Dad would have us say <laughs> one of them. Building that firm foundation. All right. All right, ladies, that has been your three minutes and 22 seconds. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah. So just as we wrap up some things that I came up with, um, it's just kind of in spite of what we see in here, we don't have to fear. Psalms 112 tells us to conduct our affairs with justice, that we should freely distribute to the poor that we should live our lives graciously with mercy and righteousness. And I think those are kind of outward signs of a heart that isn't afraid when we can do those things. Um, Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So if I go to here on this one, how do I look at my enemies? I think with prayer supplication, and thanksgiving, having that heart that is totally (laughs) surrendered to the Lord. Um, Psalms 18.6 says, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Nothing. I sing that when I go to the dentist. (laughs) I do, I do. I sit in the dentist chair. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? Who shall I fear? Uh, just the dentist. <laughs> over and over, I'll sing that when I go to the dentist. And psalm 91, my favorite, favorite psalm. If you have not read that one, go in and make it and personalize it to you. Um, God says he will protect him because he acknowledges my name. And that's the one that I have over my tent in my prayer book. I have that verse over the people in my tent. It's 91, Psalm 91. Personalize that to you.
Ladies, I love being here with you. I love it. We have got a good group. And you know, I'm going to tell you something. Remember last week when Corley said that we have such a good, strong prayer group for Porter Mountain? Well, we're going to talk about things we need to pray about. So I'm going to shut this thing off and we will 